Welcome to the Oh My Soul podcast. I'm Kara Smith and we are here to get into the nitty gritty of emotion, unapologetically, unashamed of being human, feeling our way through life. So come, let's get into this. Thanks for being with us today. Welcome back to another episode of Oh My Soul podcast. This is where we dive deep into our emotional, beautiful terrain of our souls. The space um, that holds a lot of stuff, holds the good, holds the joyous, holds the sorrow, holds the grief, holds the unjust, holds all... um, the vastness of life within us, the deep knowing of ourselves. And um, this is a space, this is a podcast that I hope will just resource you, resource you with encouragement, hope, you know, not feeling alone, (laughs) Um, and hopefully some tips and tricks along the way to navigate this thing called ourselves. (laughs) To not just endure it, but to live, to truly live the heights and depths of life. Oh, exciting stuff. Today, we are getting into grief. Good grief. Oof, that's like Charlie Brown quote, to be honest. Um, I love Charlie Brown. Good grief. It does get you, doesn't it? Even saying the word, I can feel my heart kind of pang, twinge, cringe. Oh, this, I don't know if we can go here. I don't know what's in there. What's really to be said about this? And I'm just going to say at the get-go, every single one of us who has experienced loss and grief, it is unique and it is wild. And I am not going to pretend like I know what yours is like. And I'm not going to end this podcast with a wonderful tips and tricks of, you know, the formula of how we can get rid of it. There is so much within a journey of grief that I would, um, that I just want to give space to in this time. Not answer things, not, um... really even understand it but recently I've been really connecting again with um, a loss of my best friend Um, about three years ago now she died of breast cancer and her name was Esther Moore a fantastic human being who was kind of like a soulmate to me when we first met Um, I didn't actually like her, which is so funny. I've told her this over the years. I didn't actually like her. I thought she was different from really, my perception of her was different from who she really was. But I am so grateful (laughs) that she put up with my crap (laughs) over the years. Um, I met her when I was, um, how old was I? 19 years old. So, what, 11 years ago? And her husband, Will, and we just were together a lot. 
in life. Um, the four of us, we lived across the street from each other. Um, so whenever I was walking home, I'd look up and it was a three-story um, kind of apartment above a little antique shop is where they lived. And I, on my side of the road, I could look up at their window and see if they were home. And they, if they were home and saw me walking past, they'd always stick their head out and shout at me and wave. And when are you coming over? Are you coming over now? Just this sweet assumption of be with us, be here. Um, come over, don't call, just come, the door's unlocked. That was how life was for many years. And um, they both gave to me and gave to me and my husband um, just ridiculous amounts <laughs> of, of wondrous connection and friendship and deep conversations and nights where you laugh until your like face hurts and just the boring mundane of going to Morrison's together to playing first gigs together and holding first children together and all of those things talking too long on the sofa and you realize the food is burnt oh my heart pangs when I remember these things. And as I'm talking about my memories, I know your memories are going through your mind. And I just acknowledge them that it aches. It aches. <laughs> it's not something that's explainable. It's not something that's just one emotion. It's many. It is the in-between the parts that don't make sense and the parts that do still remind me of all the things that I once held and all the things that now are displaced. Not gone, but displaced. Not in the place that I put them for years. And um, years went on and... Um, Esther had a little boy named Caleb. He's a wonderful, wonderful little boy. Um, and he was born with Down syndrome. And a beautiful journey that I journeyed and walked with her through this, um, she would call it a different kind of perfect. And I learned so much having a front row seat to a mother's journey of acceptance, of love, of joy of grief of um, what could have been all of those things whilst never missing a moment of loving her child I will never forget it I'll never forget it and um, we walked through that and um, Caleb I can't remember his age but he was a bit older and um, Esther thought that she had um a blocked milk duct so she went in um to the to the doctors to just um you know get get some antibiotics so she thought but um turns out um that she had stage three cancer breast cancer at 27 years old so to say the least we were all shocked i was actually there that day that she was diagnosed and was in the room with her holding her son 
and we were both so gobsmacked, so silenced by that word, so shocked by the quick moment of breath, air leaving our lungs and leaving the room. It was just so staggering and we had to call her husband Will and tell them and the doctors had to tell him over the phone because he was at work and we all thought this was a milk duct, a blocked milk duct and actually it was a tumour and um, that journey went on, a lot of loss, a lot of physical loss, a lot of um, doctor appointments, a lot of research, a lot of how do we beat this, years, years of how do we beat this. And at different points we lived in different places and at different points we were close. We, we moved away from the, the, across the street, but we still had text messages and voice memos and Esther was one who we called, uh, she would write um, epic statuses, we would say, because her Facebook status, it was like, what's going on with you? It was like always pages long, it was so long and she wrote text messages like that and I am so grateful for them now. Um, we'd playfully black banter, you know, if you asked Esther a question, she would take... 20 minutes to answer because she had so many ideas and thoughts within it and rabbit trails and oh to just have a rabbit trail again but um, these these things of remembrance and continuing this relationship with someone who isn't here anymore I find it both beautiful and so sobering <laughs> because it means that I have to feel my disappointment that that she is just in my mind and in my heart that she is just in my memory and I'm super into I think she's in a divine space I think she's in a light space and I think she is in within the goodness of the world so um, I don't find that hard to connect with but but many will and many do and, and I really hear that and that's not just an easy thing to take on board but um, I had this moment the other night where, a day sorry, I went to Froome and Esther and Will lived in Froome for a time and the only reason I would go to Froome is to see Esther and I don't drive, I didn't drive at the time and um, I would get the bus which was like an hour and a half long journey to get to her house and it was just to see her and I didn't know anyone else in Froome I didn't go to Froome for any sp specific spa space it's a lovely little town but um, it, there's nothing really there for me but her and um, I went to Froome the other day for the first time I'm pretty sure since um, since we lost her and uh since she passed away and and I didn't realize it at the time but w when I was there I just kept thinking of this walk that we did it was days after her son was born and we were walking with him and I was pushing the pram the four of us were all together we were just laughing and talking and this memory just flashed my mind and 
and I'd finished what, what I was doing in a room and I was driving home with my husband and it literally hit me like a ton of bricks. The only time I come here is for Esther. And just this crazy deep, really deep, not, not surface, but deep agony. Like, it, like I had heard that she had passed away f- for the first time again. And all day, just numb, numb, numb. This, this like, almost like when you hit your head really hard and you can hear this ringing in your ears. It's like this ringing that was just going and going and going and I couldn't shake it and all day, um, you know, I just did what I needed to do and got through the day and put my daughter to bed and I stood outside in my garden and I wanted to do a workout but I was I was crying before I even started this workout and I didn't even realize it. There was just tears coming out of my eyes and I had no idea that it was happening and I thought if I don't meet this it's gonna it's gonna meet me do you know what I mean if, if I don't meet this it's gonna take me over the edge and I won't be able to uh I won't be able to to be able to experience this the way I want to it will push me into a, a fear or a vacant space that I actually don't want to be in uh, I want to feel I want to and I need to feel, and um, so I just went further into my garden, which I can do, which is great, and we have a fire pit in the bottom of our garden, and I just sat down, and there was two chairs, so I sat in one, and I, I put on a little fire, and I sat there, and I wept, and wept, and wept, and it felt as though it was the first day again, three years later, it felt like the same agony, the same internal destruction, the same whys, the same I don't like this, the same <laughs> as the first day. And I just thought to myself, I just need to let this happen. And I cried until I stopped and then I'd cry again until I'd stop and not saying that this is the way you have to deal with grief at all. The way you do it is the way you do it. But for me in this moment, I just felt myself thinking, if I don't meet this as it's coming, as it's happening, if I don't meet this right now, it's going to take me over the edge. And your edge will look different from mine and will be more noticeable for you, you know, when you have those moments where it takes you to a space that is vacant and those spaces are needed, (laughs) they are numbing, they're needed. I find that they're grace at times, they're moments of it's okay to not have to process everything all of the time. But in this moment for me, it was about a few hours (laughs) that I was crying on and off and remembering moments that I deeply miss her and just acknowledging that I deeply miss I deeply miss you and to acknowledge that made me realize 
oh, I'm close to you. And that didn't make me feel better, just to say. But it did make me feel connected in a way that I haven't been for a while. And it's interesting how moments, um, random moments in life can remind you of the person you lost or the moment you lost or can remind us. And there's something about being reminded of the things that we loved, (laughs) the people we loved. It's worth it because we loved them. And if anything, I just hope that you feel permission to still love. And that's complicated. (laughs) It really is. It's not straightforward. And I wrestle. I wrestle to not hope that everyone that I meet is like her. And that's a hard thing to stop (laughs) doing. But no one is like her and no one can take her spot. No one can, can fill that space. And that's okay. And I can still continue a bond that I know that I've had with her. And continue a relationship with my grief that is so needed because it helps me live, feel, be alive. It's funny how I can really validate moments that are thrilling and exciting as I'm truly living. But I think I felt more alive in the midst of my soaked hoodie in a very pitiful fire, sat in a chair looking at an empty chair, wishing she was here. I felt more alive then because it was honest. For me, it was honest, an honesty that I didn't know I needed. And so, again, I don't have an answer. I don't have a formula. And I know that for some of us, even talking about this will bring up your first day. Again, in your heart, in your emotions, in your feelings. I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it in my throat. You know, that tense ache and longing for I wish that was different what if it could have been different they're big questions but they're good questions they're questions that our hearts sometimes need to say and need to acknowledge just because we need to not because it changes anything and I wish it could change everything But in your grief, in your darkness, in your coping, in your survival of whatever heartbreak, whatever loss is in your life at the moment, I just say that I see you and I feel it too. You're not alone. And this process absolutely sucks. But I hope that, in the words of Charlie Brown, (laughs) it would be good grief. Whatever the moment that you could connect with the grief that's actually going to help you live. Mm